It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And we are back to talk some Purdue football, some Purdue basketball, some possible transfers, uh, some possible players staying uh, rather than graduating. We'll see what happens. Uh, But before we get started, you know, sometimes, Casey, I'd like to ask you a question. It could be about sports or it could be about otherwise. Uh, I've got one for you today. It is sports-related, so are you ready? Yes, I was kind of looking forward to otherwise, because that's my favorite category. But Yeah, yeah, I'll try to have one of those for next episode. Well, sports and boards, let's yeah. go. So with, you know, with the NCAA tournament finishing up uh, last week and Mike Krzyzewski, of course, going out uh, with a loss rather than, you know, some people wanted him to walk away with a victory. I was not one of those people. Um, but somebody said something, um, I, I don't recall if it was on Facebook or Twitter, and it made me think, uh, you know, people like Krzyzewski – people like Roy Williams, people who truly have reached, like, the pinnacle of greatness in their sport. And it's not just players. Oh, thank you for this lead-up. Not just coaches. Could be players, too, like Tom Brady. It's very uh, nice for you to put me in this category. Casey Bartley. Yes, thank um, you. It's, is there a reason that we, we as fans always hate winners? We hate people who've reached greatness in their careers. What is it about us as sports fans that makes us hate those people? Oh, Wow, I'm getting heavy to start off. Yeah, that's a deep question. Okay. Um, I mean, first of all, I think there is a certain human dislike for static excellence because if someone remains on top, that means the order is not moving. And I think we all like to believe that our ability to go up and, up and down is a fluid notion. But if someone's at the top is going to stay there, that means uh, that kind of that kind of wishful thinking is eradicated. So you view it as like we see these same people at the top 
and then we're in our own lives looking at like our boss and are like, screw that guy. That's going to be me. And if this guy doesn't lose or fail or get out of the way, I'm never going to be there. I think it's so part of it. Okay. I, 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 I don't think it's exactly in that manner. I think just, I think we want to believe in our ability to jump up there and other people's. Um, Part of it is just, it's fun to root for the underdog. Yeah. And I, honestly, I think a big part of it is people that are that successful, A, are maniacal maniacs. <laughs> and they become even more, like, psychopathical as they succeed more and more and more and more. Yeah. Like, there are very few people, like, Jordan was liked, but not that likable. Yeah. The only yeah, reason I... he gets by is this kind of mystique. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it was... It was before social media, before correct. everything, and and he was so friendly with, like, the correct number of reporters. Like, Ahmad Rashad, who was, like, you know, big-time NBA reporter at the time, they were good buddies. So all the good about Michael Jordan got put in there, but, like, you hear stories about him, and you're like, man, that guy was just a dick. Right. And part of it is, I mean, we're both just trying not to quote Batman right now, right? <laughs> Are we? Live long enough to, to ah, be the, the villain. So, really, you're... Was it, you're quoting Harvey Dent, right? Sure. Harvey Dent, uh, but the Batman movie. Yes. Um, I mean, I think, as it always does in my head, you can go back to wrestling. Like, no one okay. ever stays on top that popular because eventually you get tired of, boo- like, tired of cheering for it. Cause yeah, and eventually it turns to booze. There's no variation to winning. Like, if we want to talk about it in a sports complex, if you just win, you are taking out all the things we hope for in sports. There's no drama when... You just know one person is going to win over and over. Somehow college sports is still popular, even though this is exactly what it is. There's no variance in college sports. And we pretend that, like, Cinderella stories matter, even though they never go past, you know, the Elite Elite Eight, eight, apparently. (laughs) But, yeah, I think that's honestly the biggest thing when it comes to sports-wise. It's just we want something new. We don't want to watch the Patriots win every year. We want the cool new stories. You know, we want Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl. Even though, you know, Patrick Mahomes is really cool, like, uh, something new is fun. It's cool to see two teams that have never won it in your lifetime or whatever. Because most of being a fan, literally, like, 99% of it is your season ending up in despair. Yep. You lose. So if one person is just winning all the time, that's everyone else losing. And I think we all kind of know that in the back of our heads. Like, it, it would be cool if, you know... Cinderella's actually did have a chance. Yeah. They don't in college sports, but people want to vault up college sports like it's this great ground for, you know, small schools and small players. But like it's the same five teams and coaches winning every year, every yeah. sport. Yeah, I mean, it's way worse in college football, but um, college basketball, of course, there is always a little bit of a chance. Um, you know, I mean, Butler got there back-to-back years. Um, you know, VCU made win? a run to the no, – Did they win? No, I'm saying there's a chance. And, of course, one of the teams they lost to – Duke. Um, so, you know, y- you are probably more right than wrong there, but uh, I just thought it was an interesting discussion uh, because I did, you know, see a lot of talk about Coach K as he retired. And Oh, I thought, why... you, were, I thought you were trying to emotionally prepare yourself to be the villain again as you root for Tom Brady. I don't root for Tom Brady. I root for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, he happens, he oh, happens to be the quarterback for the last two years. Sure, sure. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm also a Reds fan, okay? So don't don't act like I'm some front runner here. <laughs> no one cares about baseball. I care about baseball. Liar. It's back. Liar. It's back. When's the, the last time you watched two? a full baseball game? Uh, last season. You watched a full one? 
Yeah, multiple. Is it because you were there? Uh, no, no. Wow. You really weren't busy last year, were you? <laughs> I Who was busy during the <laughs> pandemic, Casey? And I love baseball, and I won't hear you disparage it. All right. All right, so moving on. As mentioned at the top, Purdue had a board of trustees meeting uh, on the 8th. So I believe that was Friday, and uh, some big news came out. And there were at least three things that came out, actually. Uh, the board of trustees approved a $45.4 million renovation of ross Aid Stadium. Uh, it's going to be part of what they're calling a multi-phase approach uh, to enhance the game day atmosphere, improve the fan experience, uh, and the nutritional support for student-athletes. So that's one. Number two, uh, also football-related, is head coach Jeff Brom agreed to a contract extension through the 2027 uh, that means he has now uh, five seasons remaining on his con. I'm sorry, six seasons remaining on his con. Uh, so those are the two football things. We'll talk about these uh, first, and then we'll head over to basketball. So, uh, I mean, these are good things, right, Casey? Yeah, we should probably mention that this is happening on the back of the spring game, right. which happened this weekend, which we will not really cover because neither of us saw it. And to be honest, I don't think what happens in April matters. No. A lick for this team. No, the only thing I'll say about the spring game is no one came out of it injured, and that's really the best you can hope for in a spring game. Yeah. So, yes, um, we had a lot of success last year mm-hmm. in football that was unexpected through yeah, most nine, of it. Yeah, nine most wins. Of the season. Woo. Um, I mean, the extension, I guess we can talk about it like it's news, but this this is just doing business. This is the price yeah. of doing business now. Yep. Are you successful? Good. Are you successful enough where another team might want you, which is what you want of your coach? Okay. It's been a year. We'll give you another extension. Yeah, and I mean, for recruiting purposes, they basically, if you're a coach, you want to be able to tell recruits when you're going into their homes, you know, I've got a contract all the way through when you'll Mm -hmm. be there. So for football, that really means it needs to be five years uh, because the vast majority of people who come in to play football are going to redshirt. So. Uh, you you got to say, I can be there for your redshirt year, and then the four years you're going to be on the field, you know, being a huge star, because everyone I recruit is a huge star. Uh, so you gotta you got to have five years on that. So right now, with it going through 2027, uh, he's now got six years uh, left on that contract. And I mean, the press release, they, they put in a nice, subtle dig at Daryl Hazel. Um, oh? It, it says... A program with a combined nine wins in the four seasons prior to Brahms' arrival, Purdue matched that output in one season. So that's good to have that contract. I mean, we really want him, uh, you know, after, like you said, a nine-win season, something that, you know, we did not expect uh, going into last season. It's really great to have your coach locked up. No worries at this point about him heading anywhere else, especially since, uh, you know, we assume – Louisville is not going to come calling yet again at this point. I so. heard he's hanging out at the Holiday Inn down there. Yeah, I'm um, sure. Waiting for them to call him back. He sent a carrier pigeon uh, with coordinates where to meet. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's going to be. That's over, a big scoop you've yeah, got. Yeah, hoagies and hog sandwiches. Those the same thing, probably. I, why, yeah, why would you order a hoagie and a sandwich? Uh, the man loves bacon. I guess, I guess. Seems weird. Um, yeah, I'm more excited that we're uh, putting money into Mackey. Well, hold, hey, hold on. We got to talk about the money we're putting into Ross Aid first. All right. So it's forty-five point four million dollars. Um, That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of money. But it's it's so crazy how doing? much 
it's it's just crazy how much money goes into these stadiums, and then you're like, that's all they did with forty five point four million dollars. So I, I don't. Well, we got to be a nonprofit. Yeah, right. Uh, they haven't put any renderings out that I've seen, so we don't know exactly what it's going to look like. Uh, but the uh, the press release again notes that they're going to be uh, doing renovations, including the construction of a new team entrance slash tunnel uh, from the Kozik Football Performance Complex onto Roar Roar. So that would be field. the other side of the field, correct? No, no, I don't. Be- well, no, no, that's no, no. on the it's, other side of the field. The, the entrance, no, right? Well, right, but isn't the Football Performance Complex the one that they walk right by? I don't know. They've renamed all these things since I've I've gone to Purdue. But I think it's still going to be in the same location. Mm. Um, but hey, who knows? Um, and uh, they're going to – the team store that is at Ross-Aid, uh, they're going to actually get rid of that. And they're going to convert it into what they're calling, quote, student-athlete, end quote, nutrition dining facility, as well as uh, the construction of a concourse connector adjoining additional seating in the south end zone. So it sounds like they're going to close in the south end zone um, and add those additional seats that they've long been rumored to be putting uh, in the south end zone. Okay. Yeah, I don't pay attention to most of this stuff, to be honest. It seems weird that they would get rid of a store. You figured they would want to sell more merch. but Well, I assume they'll probably just put that elsewhere. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, there's no way they're going to get rid of a, a merchandise store at the football game, uh, it, football stadium. They're going to put it somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's always been weird that that is the side of the stadium where all the tailgaters are. It's kind of where everyone populates. But there's not a whole bunch to do. Um, right. You know, you're not you're not even selling beer at that end. So if, if there is a portion of Rossi that could be worked on, it's definitely that south end zone. There, there were talks about opening it up, right? Um. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean – it sounds like based on this press release that they're going to enclose it. So instead of a instead of the horseshoe kind of look, we'll have a full ringed stadium. It sounds like. Oh, um, but it we're could talking just, on it, that end. Yeah, the south end zone. I get which. Where's where's the uh, video screen? South end zone. Okay, this whole time I didn't know there was a store over there. No, no, you're very confused. Right I now. am confused. You're I, very confused. I, let's the move. store. The store is in the north. So they're working they're on getting, the north and south. Yes, they're doing multiple things okay. at once. Uh, $45.4 million. I hope they're doing more than one thing. <laughs> so they're getting rid of the store that's on the north side. I want them to open the north side. Open that side. Up. Why? Because that's where all the tailgating stuff is. There should be, like, cool stuff to do over there. There's okay, not. like, but, like, what, though? Uh, like, mostly booze. <laughs> like a bar and grill. Is that too much to ask? I mean, I'll say no. bar and grill? No, I mean, it's open not a bad you? idea. Not I a mean, bad idea. You can go, go up on the rooftop and you can see the field. Hmm? Okay, Pretty that cool. would be fun. That would Pretty be cool. fun. Yeah, see? Already... Give me twenty million. Let's go, Purdue. Make I, it happen. You know, I, I don't think I don't think they're just gonna hand out money that way, but mm. I appreciate you at least trying to trying to hustle some money. Uh so you know, maybe if you do you can get some of that money for the podcast. That'd be great. Oh well I have a podcast suite. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um so that is the good news about football. There is one more thing. Um I saw Purdue football tweeted this four days ago and I wanted to share it. Uh so they're they're talking about season ticket renewals. As of right now, um, 93% of season football tickets for Purdue have been renewed for That's next wild. season. wild. 93%. It's wild how much just a little bit of winning. Oh, I know. It, you just get so hungry for it, and people are like, oh, I'm renewing. 93%, and we've got uh, five months until the first game. Yeah, that that is like really a wild number. I don't know, were numbers last year really down? No, no, they actually, they were they were pretty decent. Okay. Because yeah, I think it was, I think it was largely because people were like, "Oh my God, we can go to sports again." That's fair. Yeah, I, 
I mean, it's unequivocally a better – it's a better place to see a ball game. I, I, the setup is nice. I guess people like winter or can deal with winter. I, I don't – We know you're I, a know. wuss I when don't it comes it. to the weather. but uh, So it's it. very exciting news for Purdue football. Uh, a lot going on there, um, and we love to see it, especially because it means that the program hopefully can continue to build, maybe have a few more nine wins rather than, you know, jumping up and then falling back down. So we'd love to see that. So – Moving on, though, to the to the information Casey is much more excited about. At that same board of trustees meeting, Purdue approved $6.7 million in renovations to Mackey Arena, and I believe this is all donor-funded. Um, so 6.7 coming straight out of some rich folks' pockets, uh, not coming from anywhere else. Uh, so, Casey, you, you mentioned you were excited about this. What is it about these renovations that you're excited to see? If you're not spending money, you're falling behind. Yeah. That's all it really is. Uh, Mackey Arena is a very beautiful basketball experience. The setup between Cardinal Court and Mackey, very nice, very sleek, very easy to get to one to the other. It is a very convenient place, so if they can spend, they don't they don't need to spend a ton of money, but if you can spend some money to make it pop a little more, have a few more, you know, updates, like that's great. That's all you need. Just let these kids have a nice atmosphere to spend all their time in the gym. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, as you read down through the press release, it's going to start at the conclusion of next basketball season. Um, So they're going to be redoing and reconfiguring both the men's and women's locker rooms, player lounges, um, and they're expanding on the John Wooden Club, which is basically uh, a donor uh, club that you can uh, go into if you're a fancy gentleman or gentlewoman. Uh, we are not those things, so we have never been inside. But, you know, maybe one day, Casey, you and I can break in. I go there with a media pass. I can walk wherever I want. Oh, well, there you go. Um, one thing they also said, I don't believe this is part of the renovations, but um, if you've been to Mackey, you, of course, know the, the, the very fancy seats with the chair backs down low. Uh, some are gold and some are uh, black. Uh, they're getting rid of uh, the gold seats down there, and they're changing them all to black seats. And apparently uh, they're changing the actual seat they're putting in there, so they're going to be able to put more seats in that same section, um, which should increase um, you know, the amount of money they can get out of those sections because, if I'm remembering correctly, since those uh, seats have seat licenses, that is money that Purdue gets to keep and does not have to have to share uh, with the Big Ten Conference, as they do for most ticket sales. So uh, that's good news, just to keep more of that money in-house. Absolutely. Uh, more people means louder. So win-win? Yeah, yeah, it's really good news. Uh, I miss all good Mackey. News. Yeah, I do too. It's a great I didn't place. get there this year, and it, it makes me sad. Well, I mean, as we've said, the only game I went to this year in Mackey was Incarnate Word. So not exactly uh, – I didn't leave with my ears ringing. Uh, so Yeah, we that, – that was probably the worst game of the season. It was not minus, great. Minus, minus the losses. Well, yeah, yeah. So um, there we go. That's the Board of Trustees meeting. Now, uh, Casey, there was one other thing we wanted to talk about in the first half of the show, um, and that was the Eric Hunter news. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's like we got news, but we didn't get news. I, I was optimistic at first because we hadn't heard anything, and then obviously he is – testing the NBA waters. He hasn't entirely left his eligibility. My concern is we have heard literally nothing from anyone saying that he is contemplating a return, that it's been discussed in any way. Clearly, he could come back because of the COVID. Right. And this will obviously shade some of our talk later. But the fact that we haven't heard any real momentum towards him coming back 
maybe it's just timing because he wants to see is there interest in him overseas or in the G League or whatever. But yeah, it's it doesn't sound like anyone's plan is to count on Eric kind of returning for his fifth year. Yeah, I don't think you can count on it because Painter and and the the three seniors all announced at the beginning of the season. You know, none of us uh, are planning to use that extra COVID year, and it seems like maybe he's he's debating it now. Um, for those that didn't see, he put out um, uh, a p or a, a thing on Instagram. I believe he shared it on Twitter as well. Basically, said he is uh, exploring the NBA draft, but he's going to keep his eligibility open, which obviously isn't something he would say uh, where he not at least contemplating coming back even just a little bit. Um, so I believe the date to withdraw is, is June. Correct. So uh, we've got a little ways to wait if he truly does go all the way through the deadline. But I mean, I love Eric Connor Jr. Would love to have him back on the team next year. Uh, but I mean, he's not going in the draft. Um, I, I don't know very much about the G league, uh, I suppose he could find a home there, but I would think he would probably make more money if he would go overseas. Um, I, I don't believe G League players are very highly compensated. Uh, it's getting better. Like, you can make a, a decent living off of it. Uh, but, I mean, these guys have played basketball their whole lives, so the question and part of how they take advantage of them salary-wise is you're still playing basketball for a living. So right. How little money would you actually need to, you know, not do that anymore? But I believe I believe it's edging closer to three digits for NBA G League average salary. Or I hope minimum. you mean three digits. What did I say? You said three digits, so like oh yeah, twelve dollars. Okay, I lied. I meant six. Yeah. Okay, and I'm wrong. Much, typical, much better. Typical salary is thirty-seven thousand a year. 37? But it's not all year. It's just part of it. Oh, that's not lovely. Uh, lowest salary is seven grand a month. And they, so it sounds better that months, way. I don't know how many months they play, but right, yeah. So I mean, not an ideal amount of money for him. I would imagine, he, like I said, I would imagine he could find a home overseas, make a little bit more money there. Um, but it, it all depends on on what he wants. So we'll be on the lookout for more news from him. Uh, but whatever he does, obviously we wish him the best. Um, he had a great end of the year for Purdue this year, and uh, it's. It's something I think we'll touch on in the second half of this episode, but I know, speaking just for me, I would love to have him back for one more season. Yeah, we need guards. Yep, yep. So, speaking of, we need guards. Let's take a break, come back, and take a gander into the transfer portal. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And we are back. So as we take uh, a look at the transfer portal, kind of dip our toe in there, we know Painter is looking around. Um, and Casey, you said we need guards. Uh, it's hard to disagree. Guards! It's hard to disagree as we lose Sasha, possibly lose Eric Hunter Jr., um, and obviously you're going to lose Jaden Ivey as well to the NBA draft. So that leaves Purdue uh, three guards short from the team who made it to the Sweet 16 this year. And I know Purdue just had a big visitor uh, this Friday uh, in Nigel Pack, former Kansas State Wildcat. So, Casey, I know he is kind of the big fish in the pond out there right now. Uh, what what do we need to know about him for people who maybe didn't get to see much of Kansas State this year? He is the big fish, uh, pretty unequivocally the number one transfer out on the market. Um, we're talking about a guy who had one game this year in single digits, and that's because he played 15 minutes in a home win against Green Bay. Uh, Double-digit score every other game of the season. He is a all-around stud. Uh, he shot 42% from three as a freshman. Love 43% that. 43% as a sophomore. Love as that. As he took over even more of the offense, took more responsibility. He's shown himself to be a a player who's capable of facilitating, scoring, playing off the ball, and ultra-efficient at all of those. His freshman year, we're talking a 26% assist rate. Uh, it dropped down to 16% this year, but his turnovers dropped way down. And he was shooting the ball way more. Doesn't get to the line a ton. Not a, not a big athlete. He's six foot, about 180, but can just looks make like shots. He's a good Looks like he's a good free throw shooter, though. Uh, the season looks like 84.5%. So, I mean, even if you don't get to the line a lot, if you're hitting the ones you get, that's a pretty, pretty important step, as you saw with this Purdue team this year. Yeah, he is a shooter-shooter. Like, one of the best shooters in the country um, will be – even better next year, you would imagine. He's the guy. He is the one potential star that Purdue could grab who just happens to perfectly coincide with everything Purdue needs because Purdue needs a ball-dominant guard who can shoot. And he just knocks that to a T, a guy who is good off and on the ball. That's everything we want in a guy. And he just got done playing in the best conference in the country. He's not going to be scared away by the Big Ten guards. Like, right. What he could do there, he can do here. And, and – Go ahead. Nope. And he, we've got at least uh, two good things going for us uh, in his recruitment. He is from Indianapolis. Correct. Uh, so he played in the Indy area in high school. So he most likely will know some of the players on the Purdue squad. I believe uh, Matt Painter recruited him out of high school. Uh, obviously he did. did not yes. did not land him. Um, but, of course, the former coach 
at uh, Kansas State who just uh, retired or resigned, depending on if he comes back, I guess. Best coach of uh, all time. <laughs> uh, I just because I like the guy doesn't mean I think he's the best coach no, of all I'm time. Sa- I, I, I'm saying if he gives you advice to go to a school, you should listen. Yeah, there you go. Uh, is, of course, uh, Bruce Weber, uh, former a longtime assistant at Purdue, and then the former uh, head coach at Southern Illinois uh, when Matt Painter was the assistant there. Uh, before ultimately being elevated to the head coach when Weber left for Illinois. So uh, there is a relationship there between the guy who ultimately landed Nigel Pack and uh, the guy who is looking to land him since he is now back on the market. Um, He's only completed two years in college, so he would have uh, two years of eligibility remaining. And I believe because of all the NCAA new rules regarding transfers, I believe uh, he would be immediately eligible. I do yeah, it wouldn't. He wouldn't be the number one recruit if he couldn't play this season. Right. Um, yeah. What we're hearing, the visit was short, but it went very well. It is one of his priorities is to be the man. From what we're hearing, uh, Purdue could offer him that. I would think. I We've mean, got eighty down low, but well, yeah. I mean, what other guard do we think correct. could could play at his level? I, I can't name one. Scoring wise, none. Like the, <laughs> we. We are, I would imagine, a very, very promising uh, program. Uh, latest thing we've heard, Gonzaga and Arizona, two teams that I was scared about wanting him, off the table. Duke is another one that showed interest, but it's hard for me to imagine he's going to pick a school that has like eight five-stars coming in. Yeah, and they and didn't they just land Correct. a highly ranked uh, point guard? Yeah. Um, Tennessee, Xavier, Ohio State, I believe, is another visit he has coming up. Yeah, yeah. Twitter tells me he's going to Ohio State next. So, yeah. so that is something to look out for because Ohio State definitely could use some improved guard play. Right. If he wants to come near home, that is definitely closer. Right. Um, I'm. I believe I saw that Indiana was interested, but of course they're interested. Yeah, everybody's interested. Right. Uh, so yeah, I. We don't know anything for sure. We've heard no real leanings one way or the other. But as far as players go. <laughs> That is the ballgame. That is the difference between this being a rebuilding program uh, for one year where we kind of have to set expectations a little lower. Uh, If we land him, Nigel Pack is the exact kind of player that we once again should be at the top of the Big Ten and have a chance to make a run on the Big Ten because he fills every hole that we've lost pretty perfectly. Yeah, and you would you would think um, a guy of his caliber is probably going to want to make a decision sooner rather than later um, because all these teams that are out there looking, all these teams that are trying to find a guard, they don't necessarily have the luxury of waiting around. Yes, you would wait around for him. You know, you want to keep a spot open for him, but at a certain point, you know, these teams need spots uh, filled. They need players on the team, uh, so he wants to make sure wherever he goes, there's an opening. And, you know, the transfer portal is so new. Uh, everybody's still trying to figure out how to do it properly. I would imagine his decision would be would be pretty quick. He's talking about making his decision near May. So that's a few weeks away. I bet it's done before then. Could be. He's just saying that's his internal clock for it. If none of the other campuses hit, obviously that would be nice. And right. And can call it early. But, yeah, we'll see. He's got a lot of places to travel. A lot of teams interested. So, uh, but, yeah, on the court. He is the exact kind of guy Coach Painter wants. Um, it, pretty much, you're landing a guy. I mean, more impactful than a five star because this will be his third year of college basketball. He's already done it on a big stage. Already knows what you're doing, and you're adding a junior into this 
into a roster of young players that are going to step up into new roles. And his ability to be both a floor general and a shot maker is super intriguing and desperately needed. Yeah. So, of course, he is not the only player uh, we are looking at here on this podcast. Casey, I know you've got two other names. Uh, I think you're going to go in order of uh, how much you'd like to see them in the old golden black. So who is next up on your list? Yeah, because right now the priority for Coach Painter is to get someone who can make shots. And that is Jalen Llewellyn out of Princeton. Uh, This would be his fourth season in college basketball. He averaged 15 points a game, uh, 38% shooting from three, really stepped up that game. Uh, he was just a 30% shooter sophomore year, 25% shooter freshman year. He has played and played a lot of minutes ever since he got to Princeton. Uh, if I'm correct, 2018-19, that means he would have the extra year of eligibility? I I can't even keep it straight, man. This I, The COVID yeah. year stuff is just wild. I believe that's right. So in I theory, think that is correct, yes. It would be his fourth season, but he would also have two years of eligibility. He is not... Uh, he's a little bit bigger than Nigel Pack. He's about 6'2", 185. Um, made a lot of tough shots this season. Uh, really expanded his off-the-bounce shooting. Uh, was really good in conference play for Princeton. Helped pull them. They were uh, conference winners in the regular season, I think. Uh, definitely favorites in the tournament. And they lost to the Yale team in the championship that uh, Purdue played in the NCAA tournament. Correct. Uh, the he is a good player, uh, smart, not much of a playmaker at all. Uh, his highest season for assist rate is 15%. That's pretty so-so, pretty low. Not a great defensive player. He's pretty scrawny, a decent athlete. He, But if we need someone to put in buckets and expect him to be – he's comfortable with the ball in his hand, but he could also play off the ball. That's the kind of guy you uh, – for a stopgap for a year or two, you could see why it would – it would seem important to Painter to get someone like that. Only thing I'm worried about in six games against Tier A opponents, he's six of thirty-six from three. See that that was going <laughs> to be my question for you because when you get a player from the Ivy League, you're yeah. like, okay, but who have they played? I mean, the lat, of course, the only player I I can think of that has ever come to Purdue from the Ivy League is Evan Boudreaux. Um, he wasn't exactly a you know um, huge well, scoring machine, um, but he had a he played a great role on the on the team and I was glad to have him um but he's not what you would think of as like the lead guard material so no. um my my thinking would be the same um with with Mr Mr Stanford here um he, would worry uh, just the level of competition correct uh he played pretty well in a neutral floor game to start the season against South Carolina had 16 points also had six turnovers you don't love to see that uh he played all 40 minutes in their I assume NIT game against VCU uh, dropped 13 points, one of seven from three. Not not great. <laughs> not not what you love. Um, yeah, he he could score. Not the most efficient shooter, um, but an interesting name out there. And if Hunter goes, if we don't land Nigel, we're gonna have someone to take shots. And that's just kind of a a truth. And it'll be interesting to see is Llewellyn, who's one of the uh, the guys we have ties with that we've shown interest in. Is that what Painter wants to do? Or does he want more of a little one-year stopgap? Uh, yeah, so I, he's not top of my list because I don't think he makes anyone better on the team. He just eats up shots. Wow, you're really selling it. 
You're really selling me on him here. So You know what I want. <laughs> I know what you want. So if he is second and that's how you sell number two for me, what is going on with the third guy on your list here? Well, the third guy we're all going to be familiar with because he played in Lafayette. Uh, Robert Fennessy. Oh, no. You mean the IU Hoosier Rob Fennessy. Indeed. So here's the thing with Rob Fennessy. First of all, he's interested. We know yeah. he's interested. Yeah. Uh, the word, the word via Twitter and everywhere else is that Fennessy is is just sitting by the phone <laughs> waiting, waiting for a Matt Painter phone call. Yeah. So, which I mean, there's something to be said for that. There's something to be yeah. said for a guy who wants to be on your team. Yeah, you've got to make your peace with can you offer a rival? It's yes. definitely a weird thing. Um, I think it helps by the fact that he's from Lafayette. Yeah, which this is, was home, and I don't, from the sound of it, we didn't go super hard at him. Well, I think he made it clear at the time, if I'm remembering his recruitment correctly, he made it clear at the time he was not interested in staying in Lafayette. Yeah, um, I don't blame know, him. Yeah, I mean, I completely that moved out of Lafayette. It. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you you know, you grow up there. You, I get wanting to go away for college. You know, even if it's an hour or two hours away, you don't want to be just down the road from where you grew up. You right. want to experience something new. So I get that. But that's for me as someone who's not, you know, uh, an athlete or someone who's looking to maybe make a living playing a sport. To me, I would think if I'm an athlete and I truly think I have some ability to play at the next level, whether that be overseas or, you know, uh, in the NBA, I'd go where the best basketball opportunity was. And let me tell you what, four years ago, that was not at Indiana. Yeah. um... So I question his decision making is what I'm coming to you with. Yeah, but at that time, he probably wasn't going to play either because, I mean, the 2018-19 season, he's sitting out that first year most likely. So it, it's probably hard to say I'm going to stay home and not play. Yeah, I guess. I what guess. do you mean you guess? Like, that's I mean, a legitimate thing. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's it just it, – it seems very short-sighted to make that decision based on, oh. on one – one year, when you look You're at what right. IU a, has been. A 17-year-old making a short side, we should <laughs> kick him to the river. I I agree. <laughs> I never made a poor decision when I was 17 years old. Don't look into that. Yeah. Um. So I just think there is some stuff to his game that I find intriguing. Defense. Defense is the obvious one. He's not big, but he is a very in-your-face, very good, tenacious defender. He had one hell of an offensive game against us in Bloomington. He did, and we could obviously use more defense. And that was about the one game he uh, had good offensively this entire season. Yeah, he's not a great shooter, and that is concern number one. If he were a 40% shooter, I would say absolutely lock down, bring him in. But I I am intrigued by the fact that for three seasons, he did have an assist rate. I mean, everybody has an assist rate. 19.3 as a sophomore, or as a freshman. 28.3 28.3 as a sophomore, 21.3 as a junior. Those were not teams that were easy to get assist on. This IU offense has not been good for a while. I like his ability to break down a defense and kick it out. I think that is a skill that we we are going to need a lot of without Ivy. I think he makes sense if we get Pack. Oh, as like a secondary piece. As a secondary piece. Maybe even Llewellyn, because Llewellyn doesn't bring really playmaking or defense. So... I could see the appeal if he is someone we're going to come and bring off the bench as a little bit of a change of pace, good passer, and a defense guy. I don't think at any point he will be or should be a priority. It might just seem that after we, if we pick up Pack, there's no one else we really like. And maybe if we can get a guy who's just going to be there for one year and who fills in certain things that we need, 
and that's okay. He gets to come home for a year. I could see that working out. I understand if the IU thing is a rub and we don't want to do it. I get that. But I just think he could be good as long as he's like our ninth man. But also, we have some young guys. We could just play them more. So. Yeah, well, and and like you talked about, I think, in the last episode, do you really need your ninth guy uh, to come in and play that many minutes, especially as the season gets closer to March? Um, if you have a time where you're playing nine guys, really, like you said last week, you know, does that mean does that mean you have three or four guys who are all B minus? And is that a guy you really want to bring in? Um, to me, the biggest problem with this really is, do you? How would it be to transfer from IU to Purdue? Uh, I think that would just be incredibly hard. Um, I know some players have done it in football in the past, but I can't recall a single player doing it either from IU to Purdue or from Purdue to IU in basketball. Um, Basketball, of course, is a lot more of an intense rivalry than football, but I just think that would be incredibly difficult. Maybe. I, I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. It's not Chris Beard coming back to his old college. It's one kid. Um, probably would be pretty ugly at IU because all they do is ugly things. Yes. So there's that, but besides that one game, I don't think it'd be an issue. He yeah, you're, is pr- a you're that's hometown fair. That's kid. A fair point. He plays hard. I think he's someone that we've, as Purdue fans, admired. Uh, I I've seen multiple times saying, "How is he not on our squad? He was from our backyard. He plays yeah. like a Purdue guy." I I don't think besides that one game going into Bloomington that it would really be an issue. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, he was not one of those guys who was very hateable on IU. Yeah, it's not um, Sheehan coming back. Yeah, or, or, or Sheehy. She, uh, he, he, that guy. What yeah. a punchable face that guy had. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, those are the three guys um, we know at least are in discussions um, in the, on the coaching staff to, to kind of look at. Pack obviously has visited. Um, see, he is, as you said, the big fish. He's the number one name out there. He's the biggest one you want to get. Um, but we don't know anything about that right now, when a decision would be made. But there is plenty of time left in this off season. So, uh, Casey, do you want to talk about what we have coming up on the podcast? Um, I know you mentioned it in our text. And if you don't remember what you said, I can jump in. Did I say player breakdowns? You did. Sweet. We're going to break down players emotionally, physically, basketball-wise. Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna start These with dogs are breaking down. We're gonna start with the players who are leaving the team, uh, and then go back. I think by class. So Correct. we'll we'll do the guys that are leaving, uh, including Jaden Ivey, since he is of course uh, declared for the NBA draft. So he'll be included Ooh, in that group Ivy. there. Uh, and then they'll we'll go with the guys who will be seniors, will be juniors, will be sophomores, and then look at the incoming freshmen. That is right. So we've got a lot of talk good about stuff. baseball. Purdue baseball, I mean, that's happening. Yeah, I don't follow college. they win or lose. I, I, don't, I don't follow college baseball at all. Yeah, um, but we have to read about it in the group chat, like, constantly. All the time. All the time. Kyle and Travis, just, they need to form their own chat where I don't have to hear about college baseball. <laughs> um, have I ever told you my one college baseball story? Oh, no. Uh, do you want to do it now, or, or should we pimp oh, it for next, next let's, week? Let's tease it for the next tease one. Tease it for next uh, week. If anybody went to college with me, they know this story already. Oh. And uh, it's the one time I went to a, a college baseball game, and I after this I was like, I'm never going again. So I'm excited. We'll, we'll do that one on the next We've podcast. We've never teased a story. We have never done that before. So there you go. Gives you another reason to listen to the off season. So for Casey and myself, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Boiler up. Yeah.